Welcome into another episode of The New Yorker. I'm your host, Caroline Hendershot. We're live from the Audi Performance Studio. This year, The New Yorker podcast is presented by Nike, but we have our first guest this season. <gasps> Kay Adams is in the building. So excited. Thank you for coming on. I'm the season premiere. You are. I would have dressed up or taken a shower after my <laughs> 10 hours of training camp outside. You Caroline, were just this studio is gorgeous. It is. It is. And it helps me look better, which is all I can ever ask for. So. Okay, well, we're not having... You look beautiful oh, all you. of the time. Oh, stop. And we thank are so you. excited to have this chat. I'm so I know. You were just here. outside at training camp all day. <laughs> Don't which, smell me, Caroline. No, you you would never guess. She's beautiful. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'll get we'll get into it deeper later, but how was it? Initial feeling. I've been here before. Yes. And the vibes were not like this. Of course, always some confidence, always there's optimism around all thirty-two teams of course. in July, into August, into the preseason, into the season. Uh, but this is just celebratory, vibrant. If I'm going to be totally honest, it's not what I expect from this group of fans or this, you know, there's a lot of you know, PTSD kind mm -hmm. of things that have mm -hmm. gone on, the things that have gone wrong, but that doesn't exist. It really feels like the past is in the past. There's a lot of gratitude, which I think is being set forward by your QB1 and your coach put together. Uh, and it just seems like the vibes are the highest. Something that I'm not seeing is pressure. Right. No one's talking about that. I think that's very interesting. I think with the Rams super team from a couple of years ago, when the, these moves are being made to build these squads with this $35 million cloud hovering like what are we going to do with this money to ensure that we get there mm -hmm. for some reason the brilliance that i've seen so far is the lack of a true pressure or chip on the shoulder it's just sort of celebratory going into uh, a season that feels like jets fans have earned it right we've waited <laughs> and we're here <laughs> it does feel like a fresh page yeah has kind of been turned in the book and people are excited for it. You can definitely tell at training camp as we've experienced the last week and a half, whatever it's been, it's a time warp truly. But people are chanting players' names wherever you go, nonstop to start practice. And that's like, as someone who wishes they were still an athlete, rejuvenating like it fires yeah. me up. And all I'm doing is talking into a microphone all day. They're getting to actually play. So it's exciting. And I think, yeah, you got to feel a little bit of it today, which is, Yes, the best. and then the games will be played, mm -hmm. and even when there's maybe some adversity and some challenges, I hope these Jets fans, Mama K is telling <laughs> you, stay on the optimistic side. Stay on the positive, uh, celebratory, empowering side, and stick with your team. Yes, be nice. Be, be nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to get into you and your whole entire career, because you born and raised in Chicago, mm -hmm. correct? But then you went to Mizzou. Mm -hmm. What kind of led to that? start of the journey for I didn't you. take high school seriously enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably my answer. I believe I had a scholarship. Uh, I was uh, financially strapped, if you will. So I went where I could get in-state tuition. If I lived there for the summer, I sort of worked it out with, with the finances of it. And it made sense to go because they had a brilliant broadcast journalism school, which I dropped out of. So, but you uh, knew going in that you wanted. I knew that I wanted to be on TV. I knew I found it really easy to be in front of a camera and that I wanted some sort of path to interviewing people because I was naturally curious. It just, I never found being on TV, in front of a camera, hosting, juggling things on camera, not in real life, Hamilton, <laughs> not juggling things in real life, my producer is in the room, but 
in, in, a, in a space like this, I just feel really comfortable and I really like pulling people's stories out of them. So it's sort of a natural fit to want to go into that. And so Mizzou, you know, my energy was get me in front of the camera. I already know what I want to do. So, you know, it was hard to get me to focus on, um, you know, history or something. Like <laughs> Even though math. I love history, yeah. I just knew what I wanted. So I was focused really on how can I get an internship and then how can I pay for that non-paying internship with working a bar shift. And a bar shift would actually help me with my goal of talking about football or mm -hmm. whatever it was comfortably in front of an audience of 12 or 8 drunk patrons mm -hmm. at a time. Yes. So when you were in the thick of it, yeah. you dropped out of the program. Why? Because I knew that I didn't want to do serious, not serious, I, I didn't want to do news. I okay. wanted to do more entertainment mm -hmm. at the time. I wanted to tell stories, but this was before there was this, everyone could just do what they want, pick up a microphone, get on Instagram. This right. was, you know, that was the path. It mm -hmm. was the news path, you're gonna start in, you know, a town a fourth of the size of Little Rock and hope that in 10 years you end up in Little Rock. Right. And I was just like, ah, isn't there another way? And then um, there was actually someone who uh, asked me after seeing some work that I had done, if I, why don't I just move to New York and be a VJ on MTV? And I said, can I do that? <laughs> that sounds like exactly what I want to do. So it was at that point that I was realizing what was seen as sort of criticism towards the way I carry myself on camera authentically. Uh, and breaking down the fourth wall as I go, it wasn't accepted uh, as much as it is now, which I love to see, and I fit right into that world. Uh, so I just thought, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't the right exact path for me. Was it scary straying away from no. the stereotypical path? It wasn't because I, I really do, you know, I have this thing now where, uh, you know, you, you get to a certain place in your life and you want to optimize, you want to reach as much self-actualization as possible. How can I be better at every part of my life? And, you know, outside of work, you know, I struggle with insecurity. Mm -hmm. I struggle with all, all the things that everyone struggles with. For some reason, when it comes to being on camera, I just don't have that. I have the confidence, I know what it is, it's, it comes to me naturally. I like being backed into a corner. I embrace when things go wrong on camera, even if I'm mad about it after. Uh, so that's just always been something that's been sort of driving me. So I never had, a, I, there was never another option. Oh, there was never a plan amazing. B. So I think I would have embraced a plan B and maybe that lies in the future for me, I don't know. But now everybody's road is sort of open, which is beautiful, especially when it comes to the media space. Right, it is nice to have kind of really your path lay out the way that you want it mm -hmm. to. You have more control over that aspect. There's more of an option of that, yeah. So you were bartending and that was helping you, but what was the first real job where you were like, oh, this is it, sports, I'm in it, I love it? Yeah, I was doing local radio um, shifts, like 12 to six for $7 an hour, whatever mm -hmm. I can get uh, in Columbia, Missouri. And then I got a job at Sirius XM. They were launching a fantasy sports channel. And they said, do you play fantasy baseball? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> No, no, I in fact did not. What's an ERA? I'll, I got it. I'll figure it out. Sure. No idea. So I wasn't ever a huge baseball fan. I grew up with the Cubs. Like, hello? Like, I wasn't exactly, like, scoring the games right. out in the bleacher seats. I was, right. you know, using a fake ID to buy old-style beer. Sorry. Okay. Um, so I was trying to, to sort of, you know, take – I just said yes. Mm -hmm. I just said yes to everything, and I said, I'll just figure it out. And I don't know if that's good advice or not, but it certainly helped me. Uh, and get confidence. Like, I'll figure it out. It's, right. a great, it's a great thing to look in the mirror and tell, you, tell yourself. 
And I think I've been running this program of survival mode really my entire life and my career and all of that. Um, football was not something that we watched growing up in my house. A little bit, like we loved Devin Hester or Matt Forte, but uh, but you know my parents were immigrants. It wasn't like they were season ticket holders. I've never gone to a Bears game. I went to one, the opening season Packers, like a couple of years ago, because NFL Network got me tickets. I had never, you know, I had never had that opportunity. Um, and and now I'm on a tangent, and now you're the host, and you have to reel me in. <laughs> no, that's fine. You're fine. I kind of liked hearing that whole um, story. Yeah, I just I gravitated towards sports, and it pulled me in. It really did. I, I a patron at my bar was taking a job with SiriusXM and said, "I really think like you know your stuff. Why don't you come and do like this smaller role, like news hits?" And I said, "Okay, great." And then it was talking fantasy baseball, doing the research, you know. I somehow called that Jose Batista was going to hit those 40 dingers out of nowhere, and he did, and I got confident <laughs> about it. And I was like, this is amazing, total hapless call by me, but it ended up working out when he was with the Blue Jays years and years and years ago. And then, you know, the Cardinals sort of, sort of embraced me. But, they, you know, they didn't come find me. I went and knocked on, oh, my gosh, Channel 5, KSDK in St. Louis. I went to, Met I said, Metro Mix. Like, I'll let me go tell you, like, the three hottest bars that are just open for St. Patrick's Day. I would do, I would make packages. I didn't, you know, I, I tried doing whatever I could to just get on-screen time. And then, for, so from Sirius, I went to, to the St. Louis Cardinals. And that year, 2011, they won their championship. And that was when I sort of got really pulled into the Rams hired me to do some work for them in-game. Um, and then NBC heard me on Sirius and they came and plucked me out of St. Louis into the big leagues of NBC Sports. When you were graduating, did you have that Cardinals job lined up already? Oh, no, this is like two years. Okay. Oh, I'm bartending. I'm yep. managing a pizza shop in St. Louis. I'm driving back. I was living in St. Louis to Columbia on weekends, spending money to work and get my, just get my shift, get my like itch of how, I, how can I get better right. this next break. And you know, when you're doing radio hits, it's twice an hour, so you have two shots, about 20 seconds apiece, mm -hmm. to say that Maroon 5's new hits coming up next are like Honky Tonk, Badonka Donk will play next. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I just really, gosh, man, I should think about those days more. I really cared. I was perfectionist. I wanted it to be great mm -hmm. and different and stand out. And, and uh, yeah, I really had a passion for being on the air more so than anything else. But I, I did not have, I'm telling you, it just sort of pulled me in. It right. really did. I wanted to do like, Juliana Rancic vibes. Yeah. I wanted Kat Sadler. I mm -hmm. wanted E! News. I wanted Red Carpet, like getting celebrity stories. But truly, and I've had my, sh my shot at that a lot, and it's, it's fun, but NFL is, there's nothing like it. It's the There's king. nothing more compelling, more, every game matters so much. So much. And I've done the baseball thing, and I love that too, but, and it's a whole different vibe, but like, just the emotions, the rawness of it, and like these players pulling little bits out of them to humanize them mm -hmm. when people don't do that has been such a win for me. Right, and it's it's so, it's it's harder because there's less games, right, than a baseball season or a hockey season. So it feels like, oh, it should feel lighter and like that there's less of it. It feels nonstop from the moment the season starts to the moment it ends, it's busy. And then even the off season, there's always something next. There's, there's no something. off season. No, free agency, there's the draft, there's like, it just nonstop, nonstop. But that's why it almost keeps pulling you back in. There's always something and there's 
it's always top of mind. It's keeping you kind yeah. of enthralled. I mean, look where you are. You're <laughs> in know. the center of the NFL universe. I know. I know. I really am right now. But for when you got the Cardinals job, did that heighten the level of pressure that you put on yourself at all? Because you were already working so hard, nose to the grindstone. Yeah. But then now it's like a step up, a little bit of an elevated platform. Was I it scary? Not at all. I don't know how else to answer that. Not at all. But I think I put pressure on myself to survive. Okay. So it was about how am I going to make money doing this? Mm -hmm. How do you make money when you work a Cardinal game? You have to be there two hours before it starts. Right. And it could go, there, if there's a rain delay, goodbye, right? Yep. So And you're making $70 right. for the day. Mm -hmm. So then you have to supplement that somehow and figure that out. And then you have the loans. It was a very stressful, that entire time was pretty pressured from that standpoint. And then you want to make it. You want to, you, you know, I wanted to go straight to, if I had the money, I would have gone straight to New York. Right. And I would have, and I did. And I moved to New York. I was sleeping on couches for a very long time. And, and then I was, I was knocking on doors. I can't even explain, like literally knocking on doors. Then with some people in these big positions who years later, once Good Morning Football started, mm -hmm came back and were like, I just wanted to meet you. And I'm like, I've tried to have a meeting with you for two <laughs> years. And that's really rewarding, right? Yes. Where you're like, I, I did it. I, try, I tried and I tried and tried and tried. And, you know, there's a lot of no's, but there's just a lot of nobody's, nobody, like you have to do it yourself. Right. And now I, I really encourage everybody and everybody out there who wants to be in media, just do it yourself. Find a way, be authentic and, and either knock on the doors, but also, you can go and make a package, shoot a thing, mm -hmm. do whatever, and, and give your opinion. Yes. And and feel good about that. Well, it's it's such a good mantra of, like, do it yourself because my mom always used to say growing up, if you don't advocate for yourself, no one else is going to. Yeah. Like, I don't know this person from anyone, so why am I going to vouch for them versus, like, you know yourself so well. You know what you are. You know what you're made of. All of that. So – Go and prove that to people. Yes. Go and tell people about that. I will say a cautionary thing on that, just as I'm hearing it. It yeah. sounds like I'm talking. But you do at some point, at some point need to, not you, but just relent a little bit. And just, Definitely. But it's very hard. It's very hard to, if you find a trusty producer, if you find someone that's got you, and gets you you have to hold on to that person mm -hmm. or you know just even an agent relationship or a anybody who deals with your business it's a little you know if you, you you'll do it yourself you're better than anybody but that gets you can't do it all yeah you can't do it all so trying is you know once you get to a certain place it gets a little sticky do you feel like you had to learn that lesson a hard way I think I'm still a great question. Oh, that was a good one. Thank you. She's a star, everybody. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was a hard way. I think I'm. St I don't think I've learned it. I mm -hmm. think I'm still learning it. I'm still micromanaging like everything. Well, it's like giving up the control and trusting that someone will advocate for you as well as you advocate for yourself. Yeah. And, and like really trusting that. Right. It's hard. It takes a lot. Yeah. yeah. It takes a lot. So. To get to Good Morning Football, mm -hmm. the path was from NBC Sports. Yeah, I was doing NBC Sports, just trying to get on air mm -hmm. anytime I could. And the inventory was limited. And, you know, 
they wouldn't put me on Olympics, and I would love to do that because I love telling stories. Right. Um, but you know, there's there's lanes at NBC Sports, and if you you know you have to sort of fit the lane. And I uh, was trying to do fantasy stuff for them, which I did. And I had a, one of my favorite producers ever, Matt Casey, who I'm forever indebted to for making me better. Uh, you know, would somehow time pop me on with Mike Florio on um, on a show that they had up there, Pro Football Talk. And I got to meet, you know, Brian Westbrook and football players, and I was so excited, and it was so fun. And uh, I'd get to be on t on television, like K like like national television. And, my, and I was like, this is great. Uh, and I had met a producer who was trying to get the NFL to relent and give him reign of the morning show, what it should look like, change the vibe a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and he just liked me for that spot to sort of launch this show that was going to be three hours a day. And he knew that I was hardworking and he knew that I would do it in a heartbeat. And he knew that I had a similar energy about the NFL as he wanted to install, which is less tear down and more build up, less condemn and criticize, more celebrate, mm -hmm. more humanize, right. uh, and more embrace. And that's what really, when I started that show, that's what led me, was have this energy about it. And I think it really is what stuck out for the show. Do you feel like you've always been that way about everything and that just kind of came out naturally or that like flip that the NFL was trying, or not, not even necessarily the NFL, but this network was trying to come across no do I think it's just like hot it's so easy to hot take right right it's so easy to it's do catchy. that it's just never been why would I like if what if I went out there and like Quinn and I said something not that there was anything I did to say but I would never want you know the sweetest human ever I think people don't see and see athletes or celebrities as humans and that sounds like a very trite thing to say and everybody knows that but there really is a lot these players go through and they've gone through since they were about five years old yes and it's not you know and and so I've always always tried to see that and always tried to point out perspective I also just you know and I'm not I, I'm not saying I'm like Pollyanna cheerleader for everyone that's mm -hmm. definitely not true I've had my takes over the years but I like to root things in fact mm -hmm. like logic and let me show you this full screen of these two first months of Joe Burrow and how slow he was to start and mm -hmm. why I think this injury might be bad right but I love Joe Burrow but I but you can't argue that you right. can't I'm not saying he's the worst they're gonna miss the playoffs so um, I think the hot takiness thing was just never a part of how I want I knew I didn't want to do business that way well it's also I feel like so important to and I I hate kind of bringing up this as a woman but it's important to as a woman on air in sports to be rooted in fact because there's always someone in the comments don't you dare get a decimal wrong or that's like, like a, nope no 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 if you mess up that yards per carry by <laughs> a tenth of a yard <laughs> woo, you don't know anything and so it, it, you have to kind of be on your stuff have it be rooted in fact because if it's not it it almost doesn't come across with as serious intention as it would if someone else said it which yeah who knows why but it makes me it makes me a little sad to hear that that's a sentiment that's still you know because when, when I, I feel like it's better now than yes, it was, but it it's not, it's not good enough. Right. And it's, so it's, it's tough. I have the take of, it might not be where I want it to be. That's fine. I have a lot of high standards, so maybe <laughs> it will never be exactly where I want it to be. But I know that you can't tell me no, or like, stop doing this, or you're not good enough for this job, whatever, because... 
I've been screamed at by coaches before of being like, oh, you got that drill wrong. Go run another sprint. Like I've been, I've yeah. gone down that road before. Yeah. It doesn't really phase me. Would I love everyone to love me? Sure, I'm a people pleaser at my heart. But like at the end of the day, you like what I say or I don't. That's okay. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. There's a fairness that isn't doesn't exist. But right. once you sort of, you have to sort of compartmentalize you have to like, that yes, a little bit. Exactly. You just put it in a box, and it's. But like, then you're okay. like, I should say something about this, yeah. and that's the, how why it's so complicated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I want to get back to Good Morning Football. Yeah. Your stint there. How much of a kind my of stint jump? there? I was there for six I years. I know. Sorry, I don't I mean to call six years a, a stint. Yeah. But how much was that like a? Did you almost sigh a little bit of a relief for finally like getting it on air and getting to do it your way and kind of this this show that you were really excited about? Yeah, I'm really into. I'm drawn towards maybe chaos, but building things. Mm -hmm. I'm drawn towards the. We got them to agree to it. Now we have a month to find co-hosts, yeah. and now we have a now we're doing this, and like we have to get you out of your contract, and we have to do. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait what? But I love, like, I thrive in that. Mm -hmm. And then of course, people are like, you're getting rid of this whatever existed before it, and that's a tough transition too, because you people who immediately you know loved that show and that's yes. a hard thing to not lose that core audience that wants more of the nitty-gritty x's and o's and all that talk and then you have these four you know me kyle peter and nate just being like la 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 like we love everything <laughs> and um and so it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a shift but to get that i mean we i honestly feel like we decided to do the show on a monday night and tuesday night we started the show mm -hmm. And like if you, I mean, I had not slept in three days. We were up at two in the morning to start those couple. It was just unbelievable. And then slowly, the best thing about a daily show is that you're done and you're just like, okay, well, even if that was terrible, like look ahead. Yeah, like, gotta, gotta go again tomorrow. And I think that part, if, I, if I'm gonna, you know, talk about more, more about like, you know, being an adult and wanting to be better on and off, like that, I think that does, is key and how people should th strive to think about their life and moving forward and knowing that, okay, that happened and I'm gonna learn from it and like, we're gonna fix that full screen for tomorrow. Like in trying to move on, mm -hmm. addressing it and I have to like get it off my chest, but like in, you know, some, sometimes if, if, if left to my own devices, I will belabor something. Right. I will live in the past. I will just in my own, like if I had a weekly show, I think I would think about it nonstop until right. the next show. Mm -hmm. So being able to have that well, we just did three hours. We got three hours tomorrow. Like, okay, this was bad. This was bad. We love this. We love this. Now what's tomorrow? Like, that's a really beautiful thing. And a really, there's a lot of beauty in staying present mm -hmm. like that that exists when you do a show like that. And it's a skill to be able to drop it and not carry it over to the next day because some people don't have that ability to be like, okay, we love this. We love this. Let's, we didn't like this. Let's move on to the next show instead of just thinking about it or harboring it or whatever. But when you do get that opportunity every day, it is helps it, makes it easier. Yeah, it was, but, but it was a fun thing to launch. And right. it was, we were, we had no idea what was going on. You know, we were just trying the different, the amount of segments we did that were just ridiculous, uh, but so fun. And mm -hmm. then to have guests, like I'll never forget when, you know, Sam Darnold came in to launch, was it their new helmets? their new jerseys mm -hmm. and like we had players in the studio that came to see us like it was just very very cool and then mm -hmm. to have the teams support you the team support made it the coolest fans right. amazing also but to have like a jets or any of the other 31 say come to our building or thank you or retweet mm -hmm. or we're going to use content that you made 
in in our world and it just it just sort of snowballed into this beautiful beautiful celebration of the it, nfl it's almost rewarding because it's like okay we're doing something right that people enjoy it enough to take it to the organizational level where it's like yeah. okay they want to retweet it or host us or whatever have you yeah or players just knowing you because right. you're on in the building and you're right like, wait why do you like <laughs> what julio jones you know who i am i'm yeah. like huh <laughs> yeah it's cool with the chaos that was just launching a new show was it also chaotic in the sense that there's four of you all very big personalities was that hard to manage as a host at times i think everyone sort of found their lane mm -hmm. And we got into almost, I would say at times, too much of a rhythm. Okay. Where it got like, all right, this is this. You'll take it. You'll take it. You'll take it. We're good. And, you know, sometimes you like the switching it up or, or whatever. So I think I think there, after a couple of seasons became a little comfortable nature when the pandemic, you know, got us right out of that. And we had to adjust to that really, really quickly. Um, you know, we changed studios, we changed showrunners a bunch. So there was mm -hmm. always something new going on which sort of kept us on our toes. And I'll say the thing about Good Morning Football and all of the hosts is that everyone just wanted to make it better. Right. Every show. And, and by whatever definition that was to that specific host, but it was, there was never really a moment of complacency. And like Kyle and Peter really drove that agenda of like improvement and what we can do and how do we do this differently the next day? And so a lot of the rise of that is that sort of, the ability to have that relentlessness was really key in our show. Do you have a favorite moment that stands out from your six years there? Oh my god! I know, there's probably so many. I'm gonna say not the first show. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> not the first year. Hamilton, can you think of one? A favorite moment? I think all of our live shows are the best. Yeah. So we'd get out of the studio and we would go get to go to Super Bowl or draft or whatever. And there's like costume changes and right. madness. I'm like, I don't want to do any of it. I'm like, oh God, here we go again. And I just was just like a total curmudgeon. But you kind of have to give into the energy mm -hmm. of the moment. Um, and so any of those, like on Miami Beach in my heels in the sand with DK Metcalf, <laughs> those are probably one of my favorite moments. And, and Peter's being absurd. And Peter, who also came from like a reporter standpoint when mm -hmm. he started the show, to watch him sort of let the layers come off and, and show his personality more was such a joy to have him like in a tank, in a tank top <laughs> drinking Yoo-Hoo with DK Metcalf. Like you don't see that with, right. other, with other reporters and stuff. So that's, it's all, it's, it's a... Uh, what a blessing, but a super whirlwind too. So then you end your career with Good Morning mm -hmm. Football and you move to your own show, mm -hmm. Up and Adams. I, don't, I wouldn't say that was the plan. It wasn't quite like, I'm gonna go do this, but I just felt like I was in such a good place with Good Morning Football. Mm -hmm. I was there m maybe a year longer than I would have liked to be just because I felt really like I had done good work there. And then we did we both agreed to an option that we had and they said, okay, let's do this one more year. But I knew kind of doing that, that this would, that, that would be my last year. Okay. Um, but I just didn't say anything just cause I just didn't want to do that until like right at the end, it was right. sort of abrupt, but that's just kind of how I, how I do things. <laughs> that's how I do it. Uh, but it was beautiful. I just really felt like I had, I felt like it was, a, I felt like it was the perfect time for me to leave. Did you just feel like, not that it was getting easy by any like by any stance, but that it might have just been you were getting comfortable doing what, and you love to be uncomfortable from what yeah. you've told me. I don't know if I felt that 
I think if I could go back, I would say I could do much better work. Okay. Like I could do, I could have done better at my job. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I think about with that, but I'm trying to try not to sort of belabor them. Um, I think it was just time. Yeah. It was just time, and I, I have not thought differently. Good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, now you have your own show. Yeah. Up in Adams, which is so exciting. How was that transition going from four people around a table every morning for three hours to then going to your own show yeah. where – you are alone for most of the part, and then you have guests on. But I think I'm I'm with guests most of the time, and then I'm alone for some parts. Okay, and that's how I'd like it to stay. Yeah. So FanDuel has been such a cool, cool partner. Just do whatever you want. I mean, I'm not ever anything, but but the freedom to create whatever hour you want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that I love interviewing. I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I'm sure you you do. You want stories. You want to provide content, motivation, whatever it is, encouragement for people. And I've been blessed to make, because of Good Morning Football, some really nice connections, some really nice um, relationships with people who are willing to come on. It's like the biggest compliment you can play somebody. I'll come on and talk to you. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. And I, something that I didn't feel like I got to do as much on Good Morning Football is one-on-one interviews mm-hmm. i got to do them for game day morning right which is so fun and i would i want to do that now but I, there's a hang up i wish i wish i might be back at some point <laughs> i love doing that job um but to those sit down interviews those one-on-ones where you can ask a couple questions mm-hmm. not one question somebody else right. asks. well it's just it, I, I really enjoy that experience so i thought well let me make a show and see if people will come on and talk to me uh and we've sort of grown from there. So now it's, you know, we have we have some guests that will be joining us weekly this year, which will be super fun. That's we had awesome. Gronk last year. He'll be back this year. Every Wednesday we'll have with Gronk. I'm just going to say that right now. Amazing. You're hearing it first. The whole show will have him. Amazing. He'll be on, so that'll be super fun. And I think just getting those interviews, giving, you know, when I started it, I said I just want to give good information. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the right side of it, meaning I want to maintain credibility and integrity, but also have fun. And I really just want to create moments. And I feel like we've, in a very short amount of time, been successful at that. Do you feel like the show is more yourself? Not that you've ever had to compromise being yourself on air, but just because you really built it and you had those pillars going into it. Oh, man. I think... A little more, but I try to make it about the person coming on the show mm-hmm. because I'm a little guarded and I, I'm not super revelatory. So I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk like, do a podcast. I'm like, what am I going to talk? I don't, I will not speak about anything. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm a vault. But I will say, I don't know if Hamilton, I've been more vulnerable on this show, right? Absolutely. I like open up a little bit more. I think you sort of have to if it's just mm-hmm. you and the camera. Right. Uh, but I have a great team, so it's not just me and the camera. It is truly a small, mean, lean. We're adding more people. We're so blessed to be adding in this time when everything's going on mm-hmm. in the space. I'm so grateful, and uh, so I'm not alone. I like pulling people on the air, too, on my staff, which they have to get more comfortable with, but <laughs> it's great. Do you find that it's kind of – I don't I don't know how to phrase this one. Do you find that you are guarded because you want to keep part of that aspect like <laughs> Go ahead ask me again. Do you feel like you're guarded because so much of yourself is on air 
and you do have to be so open about your no, opinions. No, because like, think about Good Morning Football, Caroline. I never mm-hmm. said anything about myself, really. Like, what right. do people really learn? Like, what I didn't eat? <laughs> like, what, I mean, what, like, uh, you know, that I, I'm a bad driver? Yeah. I don't really share the intimate, vulnerable thoughts, Caroline. <laughs> I never had, because I think I just think it's not interesting. We're mm-hmm. here to talk about, I don't know, it's not interesting. You what would talk you like about to know, Caroline? You want to talk about the sports. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. What is the hardest not necessarily interview, but just moment you faced in your career. Hardest moment in my career. Oh man. We're getting the deep, the deep thoughts. The hardest moment is, oh man. It's a great question. Just trying to get to where I wanna go right now, Mm -hmm. which is there's so much innovation going on and so much is changing all at our fingertips right now. So to get sort of the eyeballs, to get the, to get the, the more exposure so, so people see my show, that's my big, that's my greatest thing. Mm-hmm. That I'm putting out great content right now and I want everyone to see it. Right. I think this is the, I'm, I'm in it right now. Okay, well then that's great because you're crushing what you're doing right now. So if that's the if that's the hardest, Thank you, doctor. Then <laughs> no other personal questions. I don't do this often, Carolyn. You're a great interviewer. Oh my God, you're so sweet. Well, I would I would also ask that. What do you think is maybe something that you have been holding back from? <gasps> oh my God. And that makes you like a little this nervous. Really happening? It's the deep what questions. am I holding back from? I don't know. You know what? I'm. I don't ask for what I need. I would say. I think I'm not as. I'm not very vulnerable. And if I have a, a need, uh, not just for my show. Hello, <laughs> hello. This is Doctor Caroline. Um, I wish I had a better answer for you. No, I think. I think that's fair. Do you think that it it um, not inhibits your career at times, but it makes work harder for you because you don't feel like you can ask for what you need. I think it goes back to your point of I, I need to ena- enable other people to mm-hmm. help me. Yeah, and it, and that's and that will get me far, and that's always been sort of tough. And I'm a toughie, mm-hmm. and I need to be less of a toughie mm-hmm. and be more vulnerable, and that's okay. You grew that thick New York skin for six years on Good Morning Football. I did. It's hard. I certainly did. All right, what it's else? It's hard. Okay. Well, I want to go back to you at practice yes. today because you got to witness the Jets in training camp and really feel the vibe that they are curating and cultivating. What do you expect out of them this season? I know it's, I know it's the season of hope. We're in early August at this point. He's 39. I know. He looks better than ever. Mm-hmm. Better than ever. I just talked to him. He's very happy. I, he's happier than he looks. That I believe that. And that's going to matter. There might be some downs in the season. Like there always are. I think that's what your Hackett is for. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like the, the challenges. What could stop them? Health, of course, but that's your O-line. Right. So is Elijah Vera Tucker that guy? Is mm-hmm. he going? Is Mackay Becton going to play this year? We haven't seen him in a while. Right. These two missed a combined 27 games uh, since being on the team. They need to be out there. We're hearing some positive things about the O line. I want to see that. I don't think you know the the chemistry is the only thing that's going to really hold them back. Right. That the fact that you know Aaron maybe you know although these Hall of Fame games it's beautiful to have the extra practices. The time together, 
are they using it appropriately? It looks like it. Mm -hmm. No one's feeling the weight of the world. Your defense was number three last year. And I had Quinn and Williams today tell me, our defense was good last year. And I go, you were top five. What are you talking about? And he said, if you're not one, you're last. Oh, I love it. And I said, Quinn. I just love Quinn. Yeah. I just love him. I know. And you've got guys like him, and you've got, you know, guys who have something to prove, like a CJ Mosley. Mm -hmm. And you've got, you know, on offense, you've got your Brees Hall, who's a star, and he's going to be extra motivated because he doesn't want to hear this Dalvin talk. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear these fans chirping his name. He's the star who went down and has something to prove. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, what's going to hold them back? The AFC East, the AFC, a couple of missed games and that gauntlet of a schedule you guys have been right. handed to start yep. out the gate. Mm -hmm. Those will all matter when the AFC needs to figure itself out it's, for the playoffs. It's shaking itself out, yeah. I mean, you look at Brady. I said this to Gronk. You look at Brady. Brady was in the NFC South, and he went to the Super Bowl, and he won it. And I know for a fact Aaron looks at the ends of the twilights of Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady's career. But, you know, Tom had an easier path. Tom had a lot going for him. He could lose all those games in the beginning of the year. He mm -hmm. won like eight straight to get there, mm -hmm. but it's t you can't do that in this division. But then, but then maybe they can. Maybe they can. Do you feel like they better? It'd be so fun. It would be really fun for I'm selfishly, of course, me as well. I'm. It's going to be. It'll be fun either way. But we of course want them to do well. Right. This organization deserves it. I mean, with the fans particularly, I feel like they don't even know how to handle themselves right now because they are just so over the moon in the sense of they've never seen what this team has to offer right now. They've and never, they're not used to this. Right. But you can take that two ways as mm -hmm. a human. You say, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. Mm -hmm. Like, great. Or you can say, hold on, <laughs> what, well, some, this, this can't happen. Mm -hmm. But I'm not really seeing that vibe from the fan base. The fan base is really embracing it. I will say the rest of the AFC does not like what is being, what, of course, not. does not like this. Of course not. This winning the off season talk, like the coach out in Denver who shall not be named here. He, he's not the only one. Yes. That feels that way about oh everything hard knocks and everyone's just crowning them as the they they got thirty five million they nobody likes it so yeah. that's a little it's a it's a target on the back it's a little of that yep where I'm sure that they the Jets are all aware of that and Coach Sala is aware of it but he even spoke in a presser this week saying the pressure isn't on us to perform the pressure is more so on the fact that if we don't go out there and give our best and like what we are fully capable of, then it's a problem because it's not all these grand expectations that everyone else is putting on yeah. them. It's their expectations of themselves. And they have high expectations, like Quinn and Williams said. He's, Sala is the coolest He's great. guy ever. He's great. And we talked a little bit today about just what these first two years meant and being able to handle what's upon him right now. Mm -hmm. And he talked about what an advantage that is. I mean, can you imagine if this was his first year? No. Even his second year. Like, those two years really led to everything he's doing right now. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And he's a, just a beautiful man. Yeah, he's, he's a great coach. And he loves his players so much. And you can see that day in and day out. Do you feel like with the experience that Salah has, with the experience that – Aaron Rodgers brings with a sauce Gardner with a Garrett Wilson the young core that it's almost the recipe for success whatever you define success as he's rejuvenating I think these young cats are rejuvenating him he just told me I'm like I'm like a kid on the first day of school at a new school 
because he's playing by the rules. Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, like you can say, it's very different than things that we've heard or seen or thought we heard or saw mm -hmm. about him where he was previously for so many years. And it might have just gotten like, you know, that stuff just adds on year to year. Even mm -hmm. small resentment, small things, boredom sets in, all of that. He's just living his best life. Mm -hmm. He is truly eating it up with a spoon like a jar of Nutella and me in the middle of the night. He's Correct. living his actual best <laughs> life right now. And I think as long as he has the people around him, like Asala, who seems to be on the very same wavelength as Aaron, mm -hmm. as far as football and humanity are concerned, mm -hmm. and you have his boy Hackett, and you've got Randall, and you've got you've got this buy-in, you have this buy-in from Aaron to help, and you have this buy-in from him to, to team play this a hundred percent and he's helping the defense out there he's telling sauce what he's seeing like mm -hmm. it is it is a beautiful recipe but that doesn't usually work in the nfl i know i will say for it to be storybook i'm not scott don't don't cut my mic no <laughs> I, I i have no warnings i have an enjoy the ride message for this jets fan base enjoy it just truly be in the present moment and enjoy it Kay Adams, you are the best. Oh my gosh, you're the best. Thanks, you're a good you therapist. So oh, good. Do Anytime. To, do I have to Venmo you? I don't yeah, you know can Venmo that. me. <laughs> I take I can, I take Venmo or Zelle, whichever one hey, you prefer. congratulations on your success. Thank you. I want your story at some point. Please come on my show. 100%. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And for all of you tuning in to New York Her presented by Nike, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much. I'm Caroline Hendershot, and we'll see you on the next episode. Happy